take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Divi Kivi, and this is Season 2, Chapter 9. Today, I'm going to interview Guy Sheffer, who, as I mentioned in the last chapter in the special with Takahiro-san, Guy Sheffer will teach in Twist and Shout 17 about balloon shows and about all kinds of tactics that he has and the way that he runs his team. I'm so excited about the Kids Entertainer Academy that is launching at the 1st of September. The Kids Entertainer Academy being launched really like uh, in the middle of the Balloon Artist podcast season about entertainment. How perfect is that? And this is something that can be really useful for people like us. And it is a place, the Kids Entertainer Academy, where you will be able to learn all kinds of things like how to build your show. It can be a magic show. It can be a balloon show. And you will learn stuff like how to play games with uh, kids, like games and disco, how to do a disco with kids, and all kinds of stuff. So I will be an instructor in Kids Entertainer Academy, and all I can say is mark your calendars, not just for the launch on the 1st of September, but also for uh, a lecture that I will be giving there in a webinar in the 13th of September. 13th of September. So mark your calendars. I will send you an email with a special link for the webinar for the details of how to check Kids Entertainer Academy. It's a paid service, of course, uh, but a very high-quality one as well. The only other thing I want you to also know is that I'm now counting not the days, but the hours uh, for the launch of the Balloon Stock App and the Brody's Balloon Stock App. It's just crazy. We already have a release candidate, and we're finding last-minute bugs and fixing them and testing again and again just to make sure that the quality is good and I'm so excited about that. So I'm not going to say exactly how many hours, but uh, we're already in, in hour mode. And of course, once this goes live, uh, Google needs to test and see, and Apple needs to test and see and approve the versions, but, uh, and that takes a few days, but not so many days, so between two to five. So, so a few hours before we submit it to Google and Apple, and then a few days before you can enjoy the app. So I'll give all the details about how much money you can get from um, using Brody's Balloon Stock app with that special coupon next week. With that said, let's transition right into the interview with Guy Sheffer. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Woohoo! This is Zivi Kivi and Guy Sheffer. And we are now live in the season two, chapter nine. And this is so exciting for me because I'm doing this interview live in uh, uh, what we call the city of Padeshana in Israel. And uh, I'm meeting Guy in his home office. And gosh, I want to tell you a little bit about Guy Sheffer. Either, even though you probably are familiar with him because of his work and also because I've mentioned him ever since I think season one, uh, chapter one. And uh, Guy Sheffer is a talented balloon performer and he is a master in audience engagement. And I had the opportunity of watching Guy perform 
more than 10 times that I saw his entire act, his entire balloon show, and in a shopping mall, and in a circus in front of 1,000 people, and even in WBC 16, where he was witnessed by not just kids from New Orleans, but also so many balloon artists, performers, uh, the best of the best in the world that came to see Guy perform and was just in awe of how he takes two climb inside balloons and he just do stuff with those balloons that are uh, hard to explain uh, uh, in, in audio format. It's just uh, stuff that he does are unique and are an evolution on top of what uh, is out there for balloon shows. So the, the end of the show in WBC, it was quite phenomenal to see all of those top-notch performers stand up and give a standing ovation to Guy. And he was it was a well-deserved standing ovation because the crowd really loved him and was engaged with him. And the more, like, I was really interested in seeing Guy perform and think how he's, the crowd react. And I found out, I found out what is the secret. How come the audience is so engaged with the show that Guy does? And the secret is Guy. The way that he works with the crowd and the way that he works with the crowd is going to be exposed here today. And I'm so happy to have you on the show. Hello, Guy. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm really blushing here. Uh, this is fun. So uh, we will talk about uh, crowd engagement, audience engagement, and this is something that is uh, particularly efficient, uh, I'm guessing, to uh, big crowds. So tell us a little bit about what is the differences in your approach when you're managing a small crowd and a big crowd. Well, there's much more than small crowd, big crowd. It depends who are you performing in front of. You have adults, you have kids, you have special needs various different kinds of people in the population and for each and every one you need to act a bit different if it's younger kids you have to be a bit more easy and if it's older kids you have to be rough so they'll get you uh, i believe one of the most important things is to show off you have to show off one thing kind of at the beginning and after you show off, you get the respect of the crowd, and then you can take your time and have some fun. And what is the show-off that you usually use in your uh, balloon shows? Well, I must say that uh, one of the best things I use is Buster Balloons Ladybug. It's one of the best show-offs. It's, it's better for smaller crowds, uh, up to about 200 people, and... For crowds that are larger than 200, you need to do something a bit different, something a bit bigger. I see. And uh, you also, uh, you, you do the balloons in a way that is also always uh, interesting to watch with either a story or uh, music incorporated into it. Uh, so, for example, for the ladybug, what is the, the story behind uh, you making a ladybug? The ladybug, the most important thing I believe using the ladybug is showing so many different kinds of balloons to begin with. You have five inch red, five inch white, which you manipulate. You have 260 black and you have 160 for the antennas. So it's quite a few different balloons and you use the marker to draw the eyes and draw the spots on. At least I do. So all of these together show that I use not one kind of balloons, many different kinds of balloons, and I create something phenomenal. And of course, 
the the best part of it is when I put it as a bracelet on my hand and everybody's happy. And I do that just to start after after the introduction and after the pre-show. There are a few th- different things you have to do to get the crowd involved, to get the crowd into what you're actually doing. Because you can't just go on stage and start doing uh, Ladybug. Nobody's going to be with you. It's really tough. And I think this is uh, a point which is really crucial for me to emphasize because that's a part of the secret technique that the guy is using. He's not starting his show before he warms up the crowd. So tell us a little bit about how you warm up the crowd. What can you do to warm up the audience? Well, I'll give you an example for a large audience. When I warm up the crowd, I actually warm myself up because uh, you're in... In one stage of life where you're a father and you have kids and you're working and you're driving and you're thinking about your clients and the next part you're on stage in front of people and they want to see your show. So the first part for me is the pre-show. I haven't started the show yet. I haven't announced anything yet. I just come on stage and I just open my heart in front of everybody and I tell them, hey, I'm going to start my show now. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about my show. And I need to hear you guys. I need to to have a bit of an interaction with you. So the show is going to be really good. So you can enjoy the show as much as I am going to enjoy the show. And then I start with warming them up and telling them one part of the crowd to, to clap and then the other part of the crowd. Uh, when I do this, I split the crowd into two. When I do split the crowd, one half and the other half, the right side and the left side, it causes them to fight who claps louder. When I do this, I, I cause a reaction between the two parts and then I tell everybody to clap together. When I do this, they're as one and I want the crowd to be as one when I perform in front of them after I this is one part of the warm-up that uh, can be done I do quite a few things Um, after doing this I tell them hey I'm gonna go now behind stage behind curtain just to the side doesn't really matter the music's gonna start and we're gonna start the show the whole pre-show can take from two minutes up to six minutes of a show, even 10 minutes sometimes. And even though the client is very happy that uh, everybody's interacted and the crowd's happy, you give them time to sit down. You give time to the crowd that's late to step inside. You give time for yourself to warm up. And all this helps the show to be one of the best shows. Wonderful. So basically you you make them, you start by splitting the audience into two groups and each one tries to clap harder and louder uh, so that they will show you uh, some love and show you that they care about you because you, you started by telling them that this is special for you and that if you will get their support, uh, it will be even a better experience. And so they compete with one another and then they become back into one group. And I also, uh, I noticed sometimes you will actually tell the crowd not just to clap, but also to make noises with their mouth. And this is also a very engaging for them. It's like a game in a sport event where uh, your your favorite team just 
won the game and have all the crowds are, are cheering and happy and you made them do it because you gave them a justification and then you go out of the scene which is brilliant because it, it brings back the focus on we're going to see, to see a show now so then when you go into the ladybug it just is more uh, interesting but there's one more thing that you do which is very interesting and that is you ask the crowd something just before you go, you ask the crowd a question that makes them uh, respond to you. So can you tell us a little bit about the psychology and what do you ask the crowd? Well, I'm training the crowd. I, one of the most important things is get the crowd to do what you want. So I start off with a simple question. Whoever wants to see the show, say me. And I usually say this not very loud, and I say it so they can understand what I'm saying, but I'm not really passionate about it. And then just a few people out of the crowd are going to say me. And then I'm going to say it the second time, and I'll be a bit louder. And you see the rest of the crowd, everybody saying me together at the same time, which is wonderful. But then the third time when I do this, I put my heart into it. And when I put my heart in it, I get emotion out from me to the crowd. And then I get the best me out of everybody. And when that happens, I know the crowd is with me and I can start. And I'm going to use this during the show. When I want response, I'm going to ask them a question once slow so that I understand. And then I repeat the same question the second time when I give them a very easy answer. They either say me or I or we, something, either individual or together. And that brings everybody together and elevates all the energy of the show. And I have to emphasize about the intonation of how you do it, how you start a little bit slower, even as if you are even just a little bit uh, tired and then you increase the level of energy and then at the last time at the third time when you ask people whoever wants to see this show say me and you do it with such such energy and passion that really even me even after i saw i saw the the, the show already so many times and i just have to stop whatever i do i cannot do anything i have to stop and i have to say me with a lot of uh, energy back because it's like a contract that you've created between the audience and you so that's really really a fun thing this reminds me something actually i, I do quite a few birthdays too and when i do birthdays i use this to make the parents laugh it's quite often that uh, people order pizza for the birthday and uh, if you want to know how many pizzas to order, well, ZV has a calculator. You can ask about him later or listen to the rest of the podcast because it's somewhere in there. So we're just about uh, to go out to the break and everybody knows how to answer the me thing. And I'm asking everybody, everybody, anybody that wants a pizza, say me. And then everybody goes, me. And then I continue. Anybody that's gluten intolerant, say me. And everybody's like, me. And I continue and say, okay, if there's anybody that's lactose intolerant, say me. And everybody's like, me. And I'm like, okay, no pizza for you guys. I'm sorry. And the parents, they go wild about this. It's really funny. And, and then I go help serve the pizza. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> this is brilliant. Can I use this line? Of course. You can use anything you want. <laughs> this is fun. Uh, so guys, you can use the gluten and lactose intolerant. Uh, this is so fun. Uh, so... After, after that, you basically go into your balloon show and you make sure that you keep the momentum with the crowd, even between other parts of the show. Now, like after the ladybug and after each part of your show, you make sure that the, you, you, you continue the relationship with the crowd of they need to cheer up. They need to encourage you. Uh, it will be beneficial for them. So tell us a little bit about other tactics that you use in order to warm up the crowd even after they're warm. Well, it varies between so many shows. Uh, I think one of the shows that you're referring to is the, the last show that I've done um, as being uh, in the circus, in the large shows, a thousand people where I did the balloon parts in the show as interaction and I was managing the show and I had more people performing and I had to make sure that the energy levels stay really high. It's not something that you always need in your shows. There are quite a few shows where you need the energy to go down and then you need the energy to go up again. But then again, there are some shows when you're out in the heat and you're working, and I don't know about Fahrenheit, but 35 degrees Celsius with 100% humidity or close to it, it's pretty damn hot. And you, you need to keep the crowd with high energy so they won't fade out. So one of the things I do, I have this, I do this motion with my hand where I, I put my hands in the sides of my body and my hands are straight and I do the signal of, of up, like get up slowly when I don't bend my elbow it's my hand is completely straight it's low it's as if I'm not really doing this and I try to show them up 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 with the fingers and when I do this it doesn't matter what I'm saying it helps and sometimes when I say hey I can't hear you guys and I say this in a shy way and then I do this small motion with the fingers they get it and then I get I get the energy just right back from them yeah, this is something I remember also from WC. And the, the funny part about this motion with the hand is that it works. So it looks like you don't want to ask for more, but you, you just force yourself to, like, you, you, you don't have any choice but to ask for more. It looks like you have a relationship with yourself and with the crowd about them cheering up and it makes them cheer up louder. You basically signal them, oh yeah, more, more, more. You need to do this more. And they they just uh, do it. They just uh, understand the hint and they do it and it makes the level of the energy very strong. And you, you don't do only that. You actually work on the emotional connection with the crowd. So you basically, you nurture the crowd to feel like they are special and like they have uh, an obligation to help the show. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, uh, if I want them to cheer really well and I want to connect them to to me or to the crowd or uh, to the other performers, not the crowd, well, I'd say, can I have uh, a very warm welcome? And when I say warm welcome, it depends where I am. If I'm in Israel, I'd say, can I have a warm Israeli welcome? or a warm USA welcome, everybody relates at that, at that moment. And then they understand, hey, th this, is, this is how a real warm USA warm-up is. And they cheer like hell. So that's fun. 
And this is something every one of us can use because if we are now in the city of New Orleans, we can say, let's give them a warm New Orleans welcome. And everyone would love it. You know, stand-up comedians use this all the time when they go on stage and they say, hello, New York. And everyone are really happy because they said their, their town uh, name, their city name. And it works the same. You, you told the crowd, let's give them a warm Israeli welcome. And they wanted to show what is a warm Israeli welcome, and, and it's a good welcome. That was really cool. Another thing that you do is that you got all kinds of tactics of how you engage with a specific volunteer and how you choose the volunteers, and you make it into something that is uh, funny, and you make it into something that is uh, fun for the kid, and you make him a star. So tell us a little bit about how to bring someone to volunteer uh, in a fun way. I have something to say about volunteers, actually something that uh, that bothered me since the last twist and shout. There was one show that I've done where I brought the right volunteer, but I was so stressed doing the show in front of other twisters. I was completely confused and I didn't give the volunteer the attention that he needed and the attention that he desired. And what happened is the crowd felt it. And the crowd felt really bad for the volunteer. That was one of the best lessons I've had in ages because picking the right volunteer is great. Working with the right volunteer is great, but ending it with a warm feeling that the crowd will love the volunteer, that's the most important part. And uh, choosing, choosing the volunteer, when you choose the volunteer, it's, it's uh, very good to choose choose not the one that's the most keen um, you should choose the volunteer before you even start the show when you scout out the show when you see what's happening when you do the pre-show even if it's half an hour before you need the volunteer you already know who your volunteer is going to be and when you talk to the crowd and you see how they react you test the volunteer you, you stare him in the eye sometimes you see if he's shy too shy not shy enough if he's raising his hand all the time or really wants to come over or just wants to come but not sure, that's the best volunteer. The person that wants to come but is not really sure, that's the person that you should put an emphasis on. If you bring somebody that's really keen to, to be there, then uh, it's going to be chaos. Well, it could be chaos because then his, his emotions and his um, work on stage can be confused completely confusing to you and to the audience and you need to go with the flow and when you get that audience who is a little bit shy but not too shy to come and to do what you tell him then people will be able to relate to him and people will feel good when he's successful and so you basically choose in advance but you make it look like you are actually choosing at the spot so can you tell us a little bit about how you do that yeah sure um there are a few different methods because I choose, I usually try to choose four volunteers for each show where the volunteers are going to be boy, girl, and mother and father. They, they don't have to be parents, but adults. And I have two adults, two children. And when I choose, one of the ways to choose is um, I ask them to do something. I ask all the kids to uh, make a funny face. I tell them, make a face like a cauliflower. And cauliflower, everybody's like, what? 
and cauliflower is something so different, so strange, where some kids start to do it. And then I start acting towards it. And um, that's no good. That's cucumber. No, no, that's broccoli. It's close. But hey, this is the cauliflower I want. Come, come over here. And that works like a charm every time. Wonderful. And uh, w- one other thing is that you, you even make the entrance of the volunteer into the stage area. And that's something that I saw uh, uh, basically on, on your large shows. Uh, you make them run into the stage area in a way that is also engaging for the kid and for the crowd. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, I get the kid on stage. I get out of character. I talk to the kid. Uh, one of the most important things I've learned a long time ago, uh, I have to say this out loud a few times. I'm sorry, Zivi. I am not a magician. I was never a magician and I don't plan to be a magician. But I did hear a magician say this. He said it's a uh, three-touch golden rule. So I heard this magician once say about the three-touch golden rule, which means after you get into the personal area of uh, of your volunteer for three times imagine you have a barrier of i don't know let's say half a foot or a foot around each of us that uh, you're not supposed to go into the barrier but when you do enter the barrier you need to do it in the right way and after you do it for three times well that person is going to do what you say so for example the first time when the kids come over I give them a high five, a low five. And the second time when I talk to them, I um, I touch the shoulder usually. And, and after that, the third time is when they do something that I say to do when we're really close to each other and they actually go into my area. Instead of me entering their area, I motion them to move their arm towards me, like to copy what I'm doing. And they get into my area without me noticing. Then I know that, okay, they're mine. I can do whatever I want. I can say what kind of dance I want them to do. And it's going to happen because after the three-touch golden rule, it works like a charm. So basically, you learned something from a magician. Is that right? No comment. Um, uh, it's funny. I, I, I was a magician uh, too. Um, so... <laughs> But this is something which is really interesting, and we encourage you to be careful with that. I mean, don't touch all the kids three times, you know, and do it in a careful way, in a responsible way. But basically, if you touch the kid, like maybe one time on the shoulder and another time at the head or somehow, or maybe at the hand or something like that, three times, once you touch the kid three times, they basically are your to control like a puppet and when you when you want to control them uh, you can tell them where to stand you can tell them what to do and 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 you have a, an entire uh, bit of of business a routine where you ask uh, the volunteer to do judo to do ninja moves and to dance and uh, you know imitate you you lead the way but you make him become a star because he steals your show by being so cute and doing what you tell them to do yeah it works each time one small tip that i can say i'm not saying this out of a bad point of view this is the best point of view if you want to volunteer and you take somebody with special needs it's going to give you loads of points you're going to see the crowd really really happy for the kid you're going to see 
the parents happy. You're going to see the whole crowd as soon as you treat the kid like any other and you treat the kid with respect and have fun. Well, it's just a bonus. And yeah, like you basically, you help the kid, you give him an, an awesome experience, but the crowd can understand that this kid has uh, some problem in his life. Maybe he's handicapped, maybe he has special needs. And the fact that you respected him, the fact that you, the fact that you saw him and that you cared about him, it just gives everyone, not just you, it gives everyone a good feeling that this is an, something we all did together. We all helped this young gentleman who has maybe disabled or something like that. So uh, I can relate to that. When I bring a volunteer over, as soon as he steps over, I get out of character. I say, hi, what's your name? I get his name. I put him back towards the edge of the stage. I tell him to put his hands above his head and then take them down towards his shoulder, just bend the elbows and then up again and down and up and down and then stop. Okay, I go towards the center of the stage. All this, I'll talk to him as if normal. And then I go to the center of the stage and talk towards the crowd. And I look at him and I say, hey, this kid is going to run all the way from there to here. <laughs> and when he does this, every single parent is going to think as if this kid is his kid. Every boy and girl was, is going to think as if this kid is his brother or sister and you're going to give him all the love and attention that you can and then i face the boy and i say and hey when you come running into here you're gonna swing your hands up and down just like we practice and go crazy are you guys ready and it works every time and this is quite amazing because it it has so much energy into this like it has the part where you tell the kid to raise his hands and you practice with him to raise his hands and to like say yay with your hands and uh, you practice. Which, which he doesn't understand that that's what the part is. I try to do all this, warming everything up, the crowd and the kid without actually understanding what's going to happen. That I'm all doing all this to introduce the kid in stage. And when I do all this to introduce the kid, I'm warming him up and warming everybody up and then the kid's going to work really great. And then, and then you basically uh, tell the crowd that uh, sentence about how you know you want the parents to feel like this is their child, and you want the the uh, the kids to feel like this is their brother. Uh, and you know what? This is this in crea this creates an emotional experience for the crowd. Uh, a guy is always uh, maintaining the engagement level because the crowds love him and feels for him and wants the, the show to succeed. And they want the show to succeed, not just because of the relationship with Guy that was founded in the pre-show, it's also because they want the audience member, the volunteer to succeed because he explained to them how they need to feel about him and they want it. And then it's also a funny bit where you tell them, Basically, and the intonation here is really key. You tell them, and now the kid will go from there to 
here. And, you know, just by waiting before you say there and before you say here, you create, like, you're confused. You, like, you make us feel like maybe you're a little bit confused. You just don't know what to say. You just care so much about this kid that you have no idea of what is here and there even. It's just a location in the stage from here to there. And then when the kid comes... If he's using the the movement with the arms that you taught him, it's awesome. If he's doing it like half motivated, it's still awesome because everyone are trying to cheer him. So and it it always looks a little bit funny because he's a little bit embarrassed and he's not sure what exactly he's doing and what is the fuss is all about because basically people are encouraging him just because he volunteered. For now, like he didn't even do anything special, but you made him feel like he's worth the the cheer. So that that that's something really fun. And great, thanks. I realized that we talked quite a few things about uh, performance and shows, which relate to quite a few different things. Um, I learned many of one I know from the street from busking. And most of the things we talked about didn't incorporate balloons. There was the first part, the ladybug, that we talked about just a bit of balloons. And this is a balloon podcast, and my show is a balloon show. But what I'm trying to say is if you're trying to build a show and you call it a balloon show, you don't have to do balloons for the entire show. It doesn't need to be a full-on balloon from start to finish in order for you to call it a balloon show. And you can incorporate various different things inside. Many people run away to, well, sorry, magic tricks. You don't have to go to magic. You can go into storytelling. You can go into just having a fun show or trying to uh, accomplish something during the show. And I think that's great and that's fun. I think that if you only take one thing today, take this, the courage to understand that balloon shows are, first of all, shows. And they have audience and the audience want to have fun. So we talked so far about all kinds of tactics of crowd engagement, how you warm the crowds, how you select those specific four volunteers, the boy, the girl, the, the adult female and male, and how you maintain the engagement with the crowd with relationship building and with emotions. And um, I have to say, can you share us a little bit about who are your heroes in the balloon art niche and more specifically in the, in, in the, in the areas of uh, performances? Wow, there are so many. Um, well, I really enjoy the style of Tom Bibo. I learned quite a few things from Buster Balloon. Um, there are really so many, but one of the biggest changes uh, when David and Shana, they came to Israel for a balloon convention, and David showed me the linkaloons or quick links flying in the air when they're tied in a loop using a leaf blower from underneath. I've seen that, and it clicked. As soon as I saw that, I understood I have to do something about this. This this is awesome. This is such a great idea. And I incorporate in so many different shows I do. And I, I built this as a first milestone for many different things. And I came back to um, Twist and Shout and showed something 
with the leaf blower that was uh, in Las Vegas. And I got such great responses out of so many people. And the best response was from David came over and said, hey, guy, what you did here is just awesome. And it was so I was so happy and so thrilled that I managed to use one of my hero's ideas into something bigger and better. And I want to make this just for everyone. I want everybody to enjoy all the things that all each of us do all the time. And there's so many techniques, so many ways to make your crowd just roar and, and laugh and get them to just have fun. And yeah, it was great. Thanks, David. And I remember when David and uh, Shana Brennan were in Israel and gave a class on not just their awesome, highly aesthetic, world-class balloons. They also showed their uh, balloon show and showed us their style and taught us how they do stuff. And it was just, you know, it clicked for you. And, and watching it from a side now in retrospective, it's just so much fun how evolution can become a reality when you share ideas and when you go and learn ideas like in conventions. And you've been attending uh, many conventions. We'll talk about uh, that um, in a couple of minutes uh, because of, you know, uh, people that already uh, listened to the previous chapter, they know the big announcement, but we'll talk about that soon. It's just so much fun. So it's so like I take my hat off, guys, Sheffer, for for you to to take the this art form of balloon performances and to push it to a new level. And you know, a part of this is something that you are going to teach in Twist and Shout. So you're going to be. Uh, this is really amazing and, and like people are coming especially to Twist and Shout to learn from Guy of some of the things that he's doing and Guy is doing some quite uh, breakthroughs uh, he's, he's made a few breakthroughs in the way that you can use balloons and you know David if you are listening right now uh, like I know you do uh, this is stuff that even you didn't see yet like uh, this is crazy so, uh, Guy can make balloons float in all kinds of ways and all kinds of balloons and he also goes into the balloon and not just one but two of them and creates characters just like you know Robbie Foreman creates Lutels and Patrick Vandeven creates his little guy and you know Guy Sheffer creates huge ridiculous funny good looking characters made out of two uh, three foot not three foot sorry two climb inside balloons and additional props from balloons and that is just phenomenal it's just something that is so uh, unique and inspiring and tell us a little bit about you going to twist and shout to teach us what, what are what is the focus who should go and enjoy your lectures and master class in twist and shout well i have here in israel i have um, an office and I have quite a few people performing and doing line work. And actually, I own a small circus over here. So I'm going to teach about performance, not only balloons, but mainly balloon performance. And that's what you need. And that's what we all need to make this industry go up. I want to teach how to make much more money out of anything. If it's birthdays or large scale events, small events, if it's 
performing alone or performing as part of a group or a troupe. As soon as you perform with other people that you know who they are or don't know who they are, how to incorporate that, how to use everything, that's what I want to do. So, hey, guys, if you want to perform, if you want to learn how to perform, if you want to learn how to perform, come over to Twist and Shout. It's going to be awesome. And I'm, I'm already convinced I'm coming to Twist and Shout. And this is so exciting. It will be in 2017, in February. You can go to balloonconvention.com. How easy is that? Balloonconvention.com. You don't really need to stop the car right now. You just need to memorize balloonconvention.com and you're good. And a guy will teach there. He will give masterclass. You will be able to learn so many stuff about different aspects of performance and different aspect of how to uh, improve your income with uh, performances and to build content that is that just makes sense on the business level for everyone and also makes sense on the experience of the the package that he gives and the birthday content and and that's something that is actually uh, quite interesting for me as well because I do a lot of uh, birthday I consider myself a master of birthdays uh, and I'm so happy that guy will teach over there. So, Kai, thank you so much for sharing all kinds of tips and tactics uh, about how to engage the crowd and how to build this uh, excitement. I know that, personally, I've tested these systems, these tactics, guys, and those systems work. Like, just one day after the last show that I saw, Guy, I... I just tested everything, and it was so much fun to see the re responses, and you can use them tomorrow if you have a show and if you don't you can use this as inspiration to understand that it's not about the balloons well yes and it's it's a bit hard to understand all these things listening to a podcast which is great and i really enjoyed and incorporated many things but in person when you see the gestures when you see everything happening you can understand much more and it's It's so much fun and um, I'll be more than happy to meet all of you. This is just great. I'm so happy and thrilled to be part of uh, of the team, of the instructor team of Twist and Shout. I'm so happy and I'm happy that you're flying to Twist and Shout too. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's so it's going to be so awesome that I, I'm already like, I, I shared with you a few minutes ago before the interview, like I just am so excited about Twist and Shout 17 that I will just have to make some kind of a promotion to encourage people just like the one that I, I did uh, to help people come to WBC back in season one. So I, I, just, I just feel like we need to help people get to, to Twist and Shout and you will be able to hear more details about it. We need to finalize the details and I send you the link on the email. So pay attention to the emails. Guy, I just thank you again for now. I'm really, really looking forward for people to enjoy your show as well as the tactics that they got right now. And uh, see, you, see you soon. Of course, you're my neighbor. <laughs> And uh, we, we, we actually, we work together quite often these days. We have just uh, right into your calendar, the 1st of September and then 25th of September. I'm locking you in to work with me and my crew. Uh, make sure you're there, right? Eh? Thank you, Guy, for everything and uh, talk to you soon. Thank you very much for having me. This is really an honor. Thanks, Libby. And now let's go and eat. Great. Wow, what an awesome interview. Guy really shared so much about his tactics and I know that sometimes it's a little bit hard to understand a tactic about shows on a podcast but I need you to know that 
those tactics work, the, the responses from the crowd, from the audience are awesome. And uh, you can check uh, some of the things that Guy is doing. If you go to the balloonartistpodcast.com, there will be a, a blue button waiting for you with three videos of Guy, the one with the gesture of get more claps, and that by itself is worth the entire time of going into the balloonartistpodcast.com for a PC and downloading the PDF and browsing from there to YouTube. And also two other YouTube clips that shows you how guys thinking, how he's always way looking for ways to innovate. And that is the innovation of entertainment. That's how it works. You take an idea and you try it and you change it and you improve it and you go to a director and the director helps you to improve the content. And, you know, by now guys actually helping uh, several artists with their shows and uh, for a few years now because he has a team of performers. And Guy will teach some of his uh, wonderful ideas in uh, Twist and Shout 17. So go ahead uh, to the Balloon Artist Podcast and check up the blue button or... If you already get the emails from me from the balloonartistpodcast.com, then in the newsletter, I will also put the links of the YouTube clips so that you can save even more time. So from now on, people that are getting the emails and are opening them, they will get all the information inside and all the downloads inside so that it can save you time. I really respect you. I appreciate your uh, attention. I appreciate your time. I hope that you succeed with your balloon artist business. And I will be with you next week when uh, we interview Drew Ripley and learn everything about the amazing Gertrude. So see you guys next week in the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Season 2, Chapter 9, and this is the tip section. And the tip section of today is about a resource of how you can actually find a way to get more link, more reviews in Google for your website. So this is only for people, for balloon artists that have a website. And uh, this tool is only for people that are listed in Google uh, local businesses uh, engine uh, which is a good idea to do that because uh, of uh, SEO and of helping people to find you on maps so I have a list in a listing in uh, Google uh, plus for the location of where I live and this gets me some some leads every month uh, a few of them you can get reviews for your business in Google plus uh, with a special tool and then it's much much easier to send a link a short url link for people to review your site so i just uh, emailed about 400 people with uh, a link to my review link so that they can review my site and my services and i just got a few awesome reviews for five stars reviews and those reviews uh, the, the number of reviews they can help you in your SEO, in your search engine optimization. So here it, here it goes. The tool is called pleper.com. P-L-P-L-E-P-E-R.com. 
and you it's a little bit scary that tool it says all kinds of stuff like yeah this is free for now and you can use this it's free but not forever and stuff like that so all you need to do is go to this edit box that is called autocomplete field and in the autocomplete field you just type in the name of your business like the same name that you wrote in google plus and then they do everything for you and they create you an awesome link they call it generate the awesome link so they create an awesome link for you when you take that link and you send it to your prospects or you send it to your customers or you send it to your facebook friends uh, in, on your facebook page or even put it on your website so again plepper.com p-l-e-p-e-r.com and of course as always i'll put the link to this resource on the show notes in the balloonartistpodcast.com. I hope this helps you to get reviews for your business and that they will be five-star reviews. See you next time in the Balloon Artist Podcast. Yeah.